Welcome to Bunta Vista, episode 189. My name is Andrew, and I'm here in a hospital overseeing a vaccine program. Uh, now, why did they put me in charge of it, you might ask? Don't know. Uh, <laughs> they could give the money to some public institutions, but instead they've been trying to find any kind of private partner they can, and uh, apparently this includes podcasters. Just over here to my left, uh, fumbling around... Holding the vials in his hands, letting them warm up, trying to read the label of each one individually, uh, and then just kind of sticking himself with a needle occasionally. It's Ben. How's so, it going? I'm doing great. I'm not getting this virus. No, that's true. I I've mean, had like 27 shots of the vaccine at this point, and I'm feeling very strong. Like getting stronger f- with each one, would you say? I think so. Like, I feel sick. But you are like, glowing. I feel physically very, very bad, but I feel like that is a sign of strength. The more sick I am, the more the vaccine is working, therefore mm. the more immune I will be mm. to novel coronavirus. Imagine, so if you get two shots and that adds up to you being, what is it, like 100% immune or like 90, 90, 90 something? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doctors and you should definitely, <laughs> that that sounds correct, yes. So, yeah, like if you if you keep layering them on, you're going to become... You know, 200, 250, 500% immune. At this point, I am 1,350% uh, immune to novel coronavirus. That is great news. Huh. Uh, and just across the other side of the room, furtively stuffing as many of the vials as she can into her purse, it's Lucy. Ah, oh, Mamma Mia. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> <laughs> The Italian bandit here to steal all your AstraZeneca. <laughs> Replacing it all with dry spaghetti noodles. Oh, no. <laughs> this is a brilliant character work here. The prop you were given was you stealing vials. <laughs> Immediately Italian. Right. Italian. Got it. Italian. Pulled in something from the news. It's Perfect. timely. It's from the news. That's how you do comedy, baby. Oh, yeah. I forgot about it. <laughs> That's right. That by the time this podcast comes out, no yeah, one will remember. The what's nation going on. of Italy will have gifted us one billion cr- coronavirus <laughs> shots. There's uh, there's like somebody at a dock. You know, it's like a bit, a bit of an official ceremony, and they're just about to sign the final form and give over access to all the shipping containers full of it. And uh, just out of somebody's phone, they're going to hear. <laughs> Mamma mia. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> What's a dead noise? <laughs> oh, you offend me. Pack up the sheep. <laughs> and then they're gone again, and we're, we have no more vaccine. <laughs> Pack up the ship? <laughs> Pack up the ship. Well, I haven't actually unpacked the ship yet. <laughs> Put the petrol into the ship. <laughs> Buy some donuts. Maybe potato chips. We are sailor at dawn. I'm going to get hungry on this boat ride. Oh, boy. And just in the other corner of this room, um, I should note there is a long line forming outside and people are getting agitated. But um, just in the opposite corner of the room, with his back to us, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, the obvious reason is we can still kind of see that Theo has the lid off one of the vials and he's just trying to have a little sip. Just a just a little just a little taste, a little taster. I don't want the whole thing. What do you reckon it tastes like? I'll close it up and oh, can't taste good. Whatever it is, 
I think it tastes like Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't, they should make it. <laughs> they should. Would you would you let anybody inject something into you if it was the color of Mountain Dew, the color of naked Mountain Dew? You know. Yes. Ooh. I reckon there should be two colors for things: red for stuff that comes out of you, uh, and then bright green for anything that goes in. And that way, they won't yeah. mix up the vials. You guys oh, ever okay. seen a vitamin B twelve shot? Isn't yeah. red I green? To get those, blindness. and they're very bright. Like, how? Well, hold on. How bright? What color? We're talking like fluoro green, and it makes your pee oh, like God fluorescent damn. yellow for a while. That's what um every time every time I have like a Barocca. A Barocca, yeah, yeah that's it's yeah. the same shit. And then, uh, huh. and then, you know, eight hours later or whatever, I am pissing and going, wow, have I <laughs> never seen water in my life? And then I go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's not meant to be that color. Definitely had that with uh, eating uh, once, once as a teen, eating like several whole roast beetroot. <laughs> oh. Why were you doing this? On the yeah, you know how teens be always teens love eating roast beetroot. <laughs> large servings. I'm of sorry for eating delicious roast vegetables. I had oh, exactly this happen to me this week, uh, but I'm 30. Yeah, and then you piss, and you're like, "Oh no, one of my internal organs has ruptured, and I'm bleeding to death on the inside." Uh, and then you go to your mother and say, <laughs> "Mummy, there's a problem." <laughs> <laughs> Mummy, I'm bleeding Pro- out of my pisser. Problem in my pee-pee. Yep. And she says, don't worry, me and your father have already had this entire conversation this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something fun you can pass on to your children. Yeah. So, um, so on the vaccine thing, right, I said to Elder <laughs> last night, now I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this in public. I wouldn't put this out there online. Uh-huh. She went, uh-huh. <laughs> or, or to... An audience of however many we have. Several. Ten. Mm-hmm. An audience of several. A plurality of listeners. <laughs> um, but here we go anyway. So, so you know how we, we have the dastardly Italians stealing our precious vaccines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and people are mad about it. Yep. And... You're going to use it in their pasta sauce. <laughs> Best, the <laughs> best distribution method is that is the great big dish of pasta sauce that they make for like a Guinness World Record. You're using the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine to deglaze the pan, making my delicious <laughs> bolognese. <laughs> so Australians are mad about it, and we also like to get mad about other things, like um, like oh, when am I getting my vaccination? And they they said the vaccination would be rolling out already and it should be done by now. We should be clever enough to have it all done by now. And like, is it is it extremely dumb of me to be like, I, I don't really mind because we live in a country where luckily, uh, like, Coronavirus is not running absolutely roughshod oh, over, no, absolutely. over the absolutely. whole country. Yeah, absolutely, hundred really percent. Like we shouldn't, we shouldn't just get it because uh, we've got a big briefcase of money to give to somebody who received the the <laughs> like. What the fuck? It's because we like, want to go to Bali. That's why I'm <laughs> saying this about Italy. <laughs> like, well, well, yeah, like, like it's a it's a net good that they have the that they have the the shots instead of us. Like, it will. 
literally result in more people being alive at the end of the day. We're not mm-hmm. even locked down. They just opened our office up. Like, you can just go to work yeah. now. And not for, like, American reasons where you sort of, like, go, oh, if the virus can't see me, I can't see it. Like, <laughs> like actual good reasons. Like, holy shit, just let them have the shots. We don't, we don't really need them. Fucking I'm, I'm glad that this is not, like... Calm down. I'm glad this isn't some wildly stupid thing that I was thinking. Because when I think about, like, you know, our friends in, like, the US and the UK, like, places where large chunks of the government have just kind of given up on the idea of getting yeah, people... Yeah, please to give like, them the vaccine. Yeah, the the places where they're like, oh, half, half of the people are wearing five masks and have not been outside in eight months, and the other half are all at spring break in Cancun. Yeah, this is very adjacent to the Texas shit where, you know, the, the Texas government um, governor is like, I'm, you don't have to do anything at all anymore. You just pretend like it's not there. And uh, a whole bunch of liberals on Twitter are like, oh, well, you, you guys shouldn't get any shots then and everyone in Texas should die. And Michael, Michael like, Moore's out here posting. Michael Moore doing this, sh- doing this horse shit? Come on, We'll dude. keep our precious vaccine, you stupid Fuck. fucking hicks. Yeah, mm. yeah. You, you live next to a guy that voted wrong? Well, you deserve to die. And you just go like, holy shit, what if we had some sort of, like, community? Like, if you're talking about the Italy thing, what if, what if it was like we all work together to work on, you know, who needs it the most instead of just global capitalism deciding who has the most money for, for shots. What a load of shit. Yeah. Like, imagine the imagine the bonds you'd form between nations if you go, like, you guys clearly need it way more mm. than us. Like, you took the first wave uh, before we knew anything about anything and just, like, completely wiped out your hospital's uh, people in there like slipping over wet spaghetti and stuff like that scene from um, Jacob's Ladder, and um, you probably need that more than us, where we're just walking around living normal ass life. Well, other Australians are. I'm still living my life, but <laughs> you know, like, come on, yeah. you're not crazy, Andrew. Uh, this one, Good. this one thing, I'm with <laughs> with you. <laughs> really fired up on this one. What? Like, I know that I know that like people in Melbourne and Sydney have been through like more aggressive lockdowns. Yeah, I'm going to um, become one of those Victorians should get the vaccine first people. Sorry. <laughs> and and yeah, like I, I don't know. I just think about it. It's like I know that there are I know that there are people in like uh, Melbourne who who feel genuinely like um, who feel what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like gen- genuinely kind of traumatized by the lockdown yeah. stuff and the swinging back and forth and being told you got to stay home and you can't see anybody, all that kind of thing. Um, but also that was part of what was done to keep the country not absolutely laden with coronavirus. And um, yeah, I just kind of I look at it like I the city that I live in, there hasn't been a case here for like. A very long time, and everybody is going about their lives totally normally. Nobody wears a mask here, mm-hmm. anywhere, ever, at any point. There's no kind of social distancing. My kids go to school. We go to like birthday parties on the weekend. All People that sort of stuff. Back to French kissing the bus driver to say thank you when they get off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, as is the Canberran tradition. 
Mm-hmm. You see the guys hopping off and they don't do that. And you just think, God, oh, man, fucking you idiot. piece of shit. Who do you think you are? <laughs> you stick your tongue down that bus driver's throat right now. <laughs> um, not cool to kiss the bus driver without eye contact, I think. <laughs> not cool. Just Very insincere. Yeah. He's done a great job. It's not easy. But yeah, I I just I compare that to all of the countries where they've they've like at a government level they've just kind of given up on any sort of containment or suppression or anything, or or in the case of the states where like like said Theo, there's places like Texas where they are something like forty forty eighth or forty ninth in the list of like most vaccinated states, so they just have the absolute least number of people who are vaccinated, and Greg Abbott is like. Fuck it, whatever. Yeah, I mean, a, the the solution to that is not not vaccinating them. The solution to that is vaccinating the people that live there, and then um, pulling all of the state officials out of their um, their state buildings, the government buildings, all that sort of stuff. And and then you can insert a bunch of beeping there to make it clear <laughs> that I'm making uh, very specific death threats. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you should list them off just so I can get a sense of how long the beeps should be. <laughs> <laughs> and say your we, name and the date before you do it. Well, there was this, censorship. So there's this moment from um from the French Revolution where um Robespierre sort of like towards the end, uh the the um the like nineteenth overthrow of the um, of the government occurs and, and Robespierre tries to like off himself with a gun and extremely big content warning for the next 20 seconds. Um, anyway, so he and he ends up like blowing half of his drawer off and surviving and they like strap all of that back together with a bandage and like feed his head into the guillotine. Sucks to be saying. That with, and that's just a within, fun history fact that you're mentioning. That's just a fun, yeah. fun history fact, and I'm just, I'm just saying this alongside our previous discussion for simply no reason whatsoever. Hmm. I think the solution is that um, you get two repeater crossbows and you you fill them <laughs> full of the vaccine, <laughs> and then you cruise around Texas, uh, preferably out of the sunroof of a limo, uh, firing the vaccine into everyone you see. That sounds fun. I'm, I figure I you could probably save save one one vat of the of the green bubbling vaccine, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and sort of I'm sort of envisioning sort of a, a forced evolutionary virus sort of um, scenario here, yeah. where we could see if shoving them in there makes them more virus than man. <laughs> they might gain super sentience, um, the ability to levitate with their tentacles, or. Something less fun might happen. <laughs> like they, I'm just saying that the key to science is having a good hypothesis. They might, uh, they might just melt like the guy in RoboCop who gets the toxic mm-hmm. waste on him, you know? So, basically, we need like a, a public health event that is kind of like the purge. Yeah, I'm thinking 50, 50% uh, waiting for your tetanus shots at, uh, outside the classroom in year seven. And um, 50% like public parading of bodies for the next 24 hours it is le- it is legal hours. to vaccinate anyone in your community <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> all class 3 vaccines are legal <laughs> god damn i've painted my entire body in mud predator style i've got around with a blow dart just shooting syringes into people just go- 
Just got a bandolier of, t- of shots. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, look. Oh, we've solved all those problems. Yeah, fixed yeah, What's it. next on the list? Done. And, of course, that means that we get to let uh, the Italians have as much of the vaccine as they want, and they'll stop being mad at Lucy. That'll make their nonnas so happy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My family, she's so big. <laughs> I need so many vaccine. Oh. And again, we want to save their lives. Yes. Yes. Doc- the doctor comes out to the waiting room, says, Maria. And oh, oh, <laughs> Mama Mia. <laughs> oh, boy. But hey, we're like one of the, the good podcasts, right? Not, not one of the bad racist ones. <laughs> Lucy, yeah, we, Lucy, what's what's the official policy on racism towards Italians? It's always okay. Yeah, it's not real. Yep. I saw it on a meme on the internet, so I think we're we're good. Uh, we're all a kind of European, probably. We are, sure are. You know? I definitely am. Have you seen? <laughs> Have you seen this motioning towards self, <laughs> lifting up shirt, temporarily blinding everybody in the room? Oh boy! But what's this commotion going on down the hall? There's some cameras outside of an operating room, Ben. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Time to read a story from CBS News <laughs> about the event that is currently happening. That was such a good uh, segue that you did there. Uh, that was and really the, good. the story mm-hmm. also has already been published somehow. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is from CBS. The Medical Board of California said it would investigate a plastic surgeon who appeared in a video conference for his traffic violation trial while operating. <laughs> Now, this, this could potentially be a really pro move. Yeah. I if he's say. pulling it off, wow. Of <laughs> just like be like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot about my traffic violation because I was busy saving lives. <laughs> exactly. Well, what if... Do you mind if I just dial into this? Oh, you, you're unconscious. You can't, <laughs> you can't say no. Uh, Dr. Scott Green appeared Thursday for his Sacramento Superior Court trial held virtually because of the coronavirus pandemic from an operating room. The Sacramento Bee reported. The state medical board said in a statement to CBS Sacramento that it would look into the incident and that it, quote, expects physicians to follow the standard of care when treating their patients. Um, <laughs> yep. No, no playing words with friends with one hand and operating with the other. You know, that's just basic stuff. Green was dressed in surgical scrubs with a patient undergoing the procedure just out of view. The beeps of medical machinery <laughs> can be heard in the background. <laughs> That's how you know that, like, real, real medical stuff is happening. The occasional beep. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. He's a doctor. You just need to be able to make the machine do the long beep for when you want to get off the call. <laughs> oh, sorry. Got to take I got, this. I got to get that. I got to get that. Uh, quote, hello, Mr. Green. Hi, are you available for trial? Asked a courtroom clerk as an officer summoned to appear in trial. Raised her eyebrows. <laughs> It kind of looks like you're in an operating room right now. Well, no, I, I need you to read that uh, with the uh, question sorry, mark that's sorry. in there. It kind of looks like you're in an operating room right now. <laughs> I am, sir. Green replied. Yes, I'm in an operating room right now. Yes, I'm available for trial. Go right ahead. That's king shit. Confidence gets you that's everywhere. Right. But what if, what if, like, his excuse that he gave to the cop was, 
I have to get to surgery. Have to get. Yeah. Mm, yeah, okay. If this guy doesn't get a new face in the next 20 minutes. That's right. He's fucked. I have an FBI agent here who needs to go undercover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm adjusting his hairline right now. <laughs> I feel like I rewatched Face Off recently and the entire swapping the faces on two guys with completely different shaped heads. It was very funny. They imagined some very good face swapping technology. They they did. Also, John Travolta's body is a completely different shape to Nicolas Cage's. He's just, he's just yeah. a very. Do you think Face Off is unrealistic? <laughs> not not any of the um, world class gunplay that our friend John Wu put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of doves in hospitals, you know. But no, just. <laughs> Get my laser in there. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is very funny that they had a section that involved adjusting the hairline. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, the clerk reminded Green the proceedings were being live streamed because traffic trials are required by law to be open to the public. And Green said, he understood. <laughs> I think I know that already. It seems like you- a lot of just this guy being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes to everything you're saying. <laughs> He appeared to continue working with his head down while waiting for Court Commissioner Gary Link to enter the chamber. When Link appeared and saw the doctor on the screen, the judge hesitated to proceed with the trial out of concern for the welfare of the patient. Quote, I have another surgeon right here who's doing the surgery with me, so I can stand here and let them do the surgery also, Green said. (laughs) This is 100% doctor behavior. If you've ever worked with any doctors, they are like this... All of the time, every day, every day long, they're like, "No, no, no, it's all, it's all good. Uh, whatever I want to do is fine." <laughs> the judge said he didn't think it was appropriate. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Was that? I had a big mouthful of coffee and I have to swallow it. <laughs> you finished talking too early, Theo. And- Oh, like I've just told the least interesting story of all time, and Andrew is now dead. I, w- <laughs> I was actually nodding, going okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, again. Yep. yep. Podcast. Ben, I'll let you take this. Yeah, one. This is an audio medium. Yep. Yeah. So just well, um, go to DuckDuckGo images and search for man <laughs> nodding. Oh wait, you're gonna need a video. Go to DuckDuckGo videos. Look for man nodding. Or you might be able to search for. Like a GIF, some kind of animated image. Oh, of somebody true. nodding, you know? Oh, like a thumbs up. Uh, handsome yeah, man in the, nodding. In the woods. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, did have a big mouthful of coffee. Totally agree. Those doctors, <laughs> absolute cowboys. Those guys are wild. I've uh, never worked with doctors before. It's just sort of not in my... Um, I mean, like, I might have served some beers to some doctors. Mm. Wouldn't I? Uh, my mum worked with uh, worked for like a surgical supply, like medical company for years. Um, so a lot of so a lot of like you know dealing with surgeons and also a lot of like sitting in on actual procedures. Uh, oh. Well, because the the level of training that they gave you at this company to um, to do this sales job. <clears throat> was like like they they got them to like operate on pigs and stuff they <laughs> go go away for like six week training courses yeah no they absolutely they do that all the time and um 
like in sales jobs? Well, they have to. Oh, I don't know. Well, they have to test the sh- the stuff out on. I I think I think the idea is that you have to you have to know, like in the level of detail, like how the equipment is being used in a surgical context to be able to like answer all questions competently and all that sort of stuff. And so she'd wind up sitting in on surgery and stuff. And she just one of the things that always sticks with me is her talking about like how rough doctors are and like and oh, surgery yeah. is uh-huh. like has anybody ever seen a video of of people getting like breast implants put in oh, nasty. oh I, yeah i have um, tons I, I worked a um i worked a, a breast cancer conference it is Oof. wild stuff so i have to like i set up the little laptop up the front and then I'm, like, I'm not going to look at the screen for the next 45 <laughs> minutes if you need me just come and tap me on the shoulder in the hallway oh well Blindly I'll, lead myself I'll, towards the HDMI cable. I did that I'll be when looking we were, at the floor. I did the exact same thing when we were screaning Human Centipede 2 at the cinema I worked at. <laughs> Putting that on, then I'm getting the fuck out of there. No, thank you. Um, my my dad is also a massive coward. I love you, dad. Um, <laughs> for for blood. Um, and which is a shame because he's also a medical professional. <laughs> and the very first surgery that he that he witnessed as a uh, as a radiographer, he walked in and immediately there was like a spurt of blood that hit the wall oh, behind God. him, and he woke up on the floor. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. So so mum would have to like watch these procedures and stuff she would watch some of them in theaters but also would just have like videotapes of them so i would come home from school quite regularly and mum would be like on the couch taking notes with like a full screen video of like a hysterectomy oh it's so upsetting i can't watch surgery things very upsetting not for me but yeah the the one that sticks with me when she was talking about like when they need to operate on something like inside your abdominal cavity you know and they do the the full like incision down the down the front of you kind of thing and she was like yeah they what they do is they basically get a big bucket uh and they just scoop out all your intestines and stuff Mm -hmm. and just slop them in there just take them out and put them back in yeah they just they like you know they don't disconnect them obviously but they just they pull them out they slop them in there and then they root around inside and they do their business and when they're done they just tip the bucket back in (laughs) That and just it just doesn't all, seem right. Well, yeah, so, that, like, they tip it all back in, and then uh, your body just rearranges, like, your long intestine back into the yeah. shape that it sits in inside your body. It's like an extension cable. As long as you've got both ends there, and there's no knots <laughs> in the length of it, <laughs> you're good to plug a, uh, a Bosch drill into that mm. bad boy and get drilling. Imagine a nice long extension cable, and when you, like, mm-hmm. just threw it into the corner of the garage, it just... Looped itself Just up all nice its and tidy. Way. That'd be so <laughs> That'd be good. Great. I don't like oh. knowing what's going on inside my body. It's like the Ooh. ocean, you know. I don't. It's fine. It's there. It's functioning. Yeah. I don't want to think about it or see it. Not my business. <laughs> Not my business. Married a marine biologist. <laughs> I did. <laughs> don't want to know what's happening in the ocean. <laughs> don't talk to me about your job. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like I, because I, I got my appendix out whenever the fuck that was last year. Yep, sure. sounds right. Um, 2015, which I think. Is something, which is apparently something that's mainly for young people, but I embarrassed <laughs> myself by having my appendix explode. <laughs> but um, but that was like, that was like you know, 
keyhole surgery. There was like laparoscopic surgery with these like three small incisions where they took out some very small organ. You don't even need it anyway. And you wake up after that and try to walk around and it's like, fuck this. This, this hurts very badly. And this, that's not one of the ones where it's like, hey, we put in some implants or did some liposuction or whatever. And it involves like sticking a vacuum under your skin and just raking it around. <laughs> <laughs> like you're trying to get a stubborn, stubborn stain off the bottom of a pot in the sink, you know? They really put elbow grease into it, is what I'm saying. They sure do. Hmm. The judge said he didn't think it was appropriate to conduct trial under the circumstances. He told Green he'd rather set a new date for trial, quote, when you're not actively involved or participating and attending to the needs of a patient. Green apologised. Sorry, sometimes surgery doesn't always go as, he said, before the judge interrupted him. <laughs> Good lord. It happens. We want to keep people healthy. We want to keep them alive. That's important. <laughs> Thank sure you, Judge. This Thank man, you. again, the doctor is a plastic surgeon. Just reiterating that point. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> so, yeah, so any danger he has created himself, if there's any, like, public health concern, it was him that took the face off the person That's first right. and is struggling to reattach Maybe he's the just face. putting in a nice big set of jugs, you know? Maybe and that maybe. is his right. He should be focusing on that. If I do not finalise this woman's Brazilian butt lift, <laughs> who knows what could happen. A call-seeking comment from Green has not been returned. Too busy. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy doing two surgeries at once. <laughs> yeah, a, 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 a reporter calls him and he answers, Hello. Beep. Beep. <laughs> Gotta go. You can hold on for one minute. <laughs> Speaking of people who may or may not be doctors, <laughs> for all we know, if you asked him, he may well say yes. This is a new story I didn't know I really needed in 2021. Mm, yep. Uh, you know, sometimes there's there's too much new stuff happening all the time. A little nostalgia, uh, a little throwback. Yeah. And then they reboot a franchise that you're just not expecting. It's like, play the hits, you know? It's play like, the hits. <laughs> Blade Runner doesn't need a sequel, but boy howdy was Blade Runner 2049 good. Mm, so true. Ben, that might have been the last good thing to happen. <laughs> it might be. Name a good thing that happened after Blade <laughs> Runner. was born? <laughs> yeah. Guess you got yeah. a point. Ben, I think I have some kind of psychological issue where I've been unable to watch the Blade Runner sequel. You should just that is, just do I, it. I keep going. It. Oh, good. it's probably good, and then I don't watch it. You should I haven't just seen it. Get fucking blazed out of your mind. Let's uh, sit down and watch all four and a half hours, or however long it is, of just absolute fucking beauty. Have you got that thing where you can't watch a movie that you think is actually going to be like good in a good way? Because then you might have to like think about whether or not you liked it, whether it's stacked up to expectations and all that sort of stuff. So instead, you watch uh, music by Sia, <laughs> which you chose to watch instead of a good film. Probably. I mean, what we're really mm. saying is you watched music by Sia instead of Blade Runner 2049. You oh, had a not choice. instead of. I did. <laughs> you had a choice. You could have watched anything when you sat down on that couch. 
If this were the old days, you're saying I would have been standing in a a DVD rental store. Yeah. Yes, renting music music by by Sia Sia in one hand, Blade Runner 2049 in the other. And then, like, every time an employee walks past, you're like, have you seen these? These are good. (laughs) Everyone's pointing to Blade Runner 2049. And you'll just be like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I loved Sia in the My Little Pony movie, so. Boy. Anyways, Nelly Yoa. (laughs) (laughs) Nelly motherfucking Yoa is back. Uh, This is a strange man who I feel that his story probably became sadder the longer it went on. But it did go on, and we did talk about it in uh, episodes 29, 45, 67, and 103. Wow, that's a long time ago. That's some lotto numbers. (laughs) He's, yeah. Uh, This man is uh, consistently described in the media as a serial fabulist. And I believe I've also seen him described as a serial fantasist. Mm, I like mm-hmm. both. Yeah. One makes him um, sound like he writes a long series of Dragonlance novels. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other makes it sound like he's a magician. The other one makes him sound like Willy Wonka. He could be any of these things. None of us know. <laughs> I will say, I, I, do, I do think that uh, a term like serial fabulous is more appropriate for Nelly than, say, the more commonly applied compulsive liar. Uh, compulsive liar says to me that somebody can't stop themselves from lying about, like, mundane things. Mm. Yeah. Ask him what colour the sky is and he'll say pink. Yeah. Whereas he'll say it's uh, bronze. Mm. Whereas Nelly Yo, if you ask him what colour the sky is, he says blue. And also my shoulders hold it up. <laughs> <laughs> We say what color is up there because of me. Say what color is the sky? He'll say, "Well, it's a slightly different shade of blue uh, when you are hanging out on top of the Burj Khalifa with the Crown Prince <laughs> of Saudi Arabia, as I was doing last week." Oh. So, yeah, the long litany of of stories about this strange, strange man. It involved things like. Um, so, so he was in the media at one point talking about how he, like, did lots of help in the community to, like, resolve violence between Sudanese gangs. That was the original thing, wasn't it? Remember the oh, Apex right. Gang? <laughs> Remember that's the Apex throwback. Gang? That is a throwback. That's a fun one. Wow. Uh, yep, the Apex Gang, the terrifying uh, hordes of African teen gang members that were overrunning Melbourne... And then I guess at some point that just sort of resolved itself. It was definitely... Well, they had to... There's a curfew now. <laughs> it was definitely real. It was definitely real. Um, yeah. And then and Nelly Yoa kind of landed in the Herald Sun's lap mm-hmm. um, in such a way that, like, many kind of, like, tokenized um, people of color or marginalized people, like... Would in that he was like, yes, that thing is very real, but I'm teaching them soccer. I'm pretty sure it was actually the age that ran this story. The age, oh. there you go. The, uh, I just l- default to blaming the Herald Sun. Yeah, the, the least racist of the <laughs> big newspapers, uh, but not, not racist. <laughs> the least racist of the three big racism newspapers. Um yeah, and then so the soccer thing also led to him saying, "Oh yeah, I have totally been invited to like play for an English Premier League team." Um, 
I feel like there was some other very good stuff in there. Claimed to be nominated for Australian of the Year. He um, snuck into the Brownlow Awards, I think. Yep. Is that the and, AFL one? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he was also claiming that he was like trying out for AFL teams and they were all fighting over him at some point. And, um, and then he snuck into the Brownlow Awards and somebody said, who are you? And he went and hid in a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> until he eventually emerged they threw him out um so yeah basically uh makes up a lot of stuff and then when people write about the stuff that he made up in the paper he sends them things saying hey i'm gonna sue you i have all the evidence that this is true and they say uh sure show me some and he goes well beep 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 <laughs> gotta got go i'm doing life-saving surgery i'm nelly yoa so, you know, you can go back to episodes 29, 45, 67, 103 to see the saga of Nelly Yo playing out. Now, unbeknownst to us, while, while all of the Victorian government quarantine uh, staff in hotels debacle stuff has been happening, we saw a story that was like, hey, one of these people who's been hired to work quarantine is... Known convicted perjurer, Nelly Yoa. <laughs> and I believe we all collectively went, Huh? 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 The Victorian government has ordered a staffing review after a self-promoting perjurer who was yesterday convicted of assault... ...was hired to work in a state's hotel quarantine system. Nelly O rose to prominence in 2018 and 2019 over a series of discredited public claims from being a South Sudanese youth mentor to trialing with top-level soccer clubs to having Usain Bolt attend the birth of one of his children. <laughs> oh, it's so such good. Such a good lie. That's an extraordinarily good lie. <laughs> well, there's, like, no, there's no way to ask Usain Bolt things. Just in terms of, like, a brag to have... <laughs> <laughs> You'd just hear that and you would not know what to do with that information. You'd be like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. cool. I, like, I definitely think that his, um, I definitely think a lot of his claims are kind of in a, in a sort of good sweet spot where they're like, they're, they're, they're pretty sort of outlandish. But too outland, like not so outlandish that the average person just can't kind of go, oh, I guess so. And then you get to Usain Bolt was at the birth of my child. <laughs> well, how does how does an ordinary person process or disprove that? <laughs> I, I guess you can't. He had a photo uh, of him with Usain Bolt from when they were both at the same nightclub one time. Okay. Which I believe was sort of planted the seed of my very close friend, Usain Bolt. <laughs> Usain Bolt. Uh, close, actually delivered my child. <laughs> very very fast delivery. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like like a lot of these things are, are sort of, oh, you know, I, I, I've played sport for a long time and I did a trial for like an English Premier League club. Be like, oh. I guess I just kind of have to take your word for that. Where it stops kind of working is um, as soon as a reporter hears this and they just phone the club and say, hey, have you ever offered a very expensive contract to someone named Nelly Yoa? And they say, who the fuck are you talking about? 
uh, or you call Usain Bolt's manager and say, hey, we have some questions about his very close personal friend, Nelly Yoa, and they say, who the fuck are you talking about? But what's he been up to lately? He has been uh, facing the Ballarat Magistrate's Court on Tuesday where he pleaded guilty to unlawful assault and was fined $3,000. Not great. Not ideal. He had previously been found guilty of perjury and making a false statement to police. Also, not great. In Parliament, opposition leader Michael O'Brien questioned the state government on how it could justify employing a convicted criminal to manage highly sensitive personal information of Victorians. (laughs) It's actually a decent question. Um, Amazing. Government Services Minister Danny Pearson said the man was employed by COVID-19 Quarantine Victoria, CQV, and did some training, but did not work a shift. According to News Corp, Yoa's lawyer Hazel Wally told the Ballarat Magistrates Court that he was hired by the Department of Justice to work in hotel quarantine facilities on a 12-month contract in December. It is understood Yoa was training as a resident support officer, a job with advertised duties such as escorting returned travellers to hotels, temperature checking, and delivering parcels to rooms. Uh, Yoa has shockingly declined to comment. That's not his style. Usually, uh, he responds with extraordinarily long rebuttals. That's true. Mm. Uh, not wouldn't be my first choice to be working in the hotel quarantine system. Imagine, uh, imagine the story you would get about why your parcel didn't arrive. You know? <laughs> It'd be so good. Hey, uh, somebody sent me a PlayStation Five while I'm stuck in quarantine. Any <laughs> any word on that? Any idea? Oh. Oh, dear. Poor Nelly. Uh, That man can't catch a break. He sure can't. (laughs) (laughs) Or he's caught too many breaks. Um, Either of those things. Mm. Must be kind of weird to just not be able to stop lying all the time. Must be fun, though. I feel like I'd have much more fun that way. Maybe I'll give it a go. What what sort of lies are we talking? Where are you going to start? What scale? I don't know. I'd have to. I think just telling really fanciful lies would be really fun. Like saying that you're friends with celebrities and stuff like that. I'm going to start telling people I'm on the Bunta Vista podcast, <laughs> which is very popular and cool. We have millions of listeners and millions of dollars. That is both true. Both very true. I'm rich. I don't I'm know about a, you guys. I'm going to tell people I'm an orthodontist. <laughs> Just I just for think no it'd, be, it'd be fun to look like me the and cool tell dentist. people that you're an orthodontist. <laughs> you're an orthodontist. Are you sure? sure? You sure you're an orthodontist? Oh, absolutely. Teeth. Love them. Can't get <laughs> enough of them. Know all about them. Think about them a lot. <laughs> I'm daydreaming <laughs> about teeth right now. I'm barely paying attention to the conversation. I would tell people that chiropractors are real doctors. <laughs> <laughs> they, they trick you by sounding real. Like, it's one of, like, chiropractor is a word. I'm like, well, that must be, that sounds medical. It's not. It sounds like a medical word. That's right. It's all fake. It's not real. It's Mm. all fake. Sounds pretty legit. Feels good when someone cracks you back, though. Oh, my God. It feels right. So maybe there's something to it. I'm looking for a uh, small person to walk on my back. Theo, we'll add that to the list of uh, things we can do when we hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I crack Eleanor's back. Uh, sometimes, and I hadn't done it for a very long time, and she was like, "I feel like my 
back needs cracking. <laughs> and I did it the other day, and it sounded like about 70 knuckles popping at once. Oh, <laughs> it was, God. <laughs> it was horrifying. So many cracks. Uh, and she loves that shit. And she can still walk. So maybe chiropractors <laughs> are real. You know? Maybe you are a chiropractor. Maybe that sounds I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm as much a chiropractor as anyone else is. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Theo. Now, I guarantee you I'm more afraid of recording this promo than you are of listening to it, so hear me out. If you haven't already, maybe check out our Patreon. It's a great way to support the show, and it gives us the ability to actually dedicate time to this thing. You'll get all of our bonus episodes. It's over 300 extra episodes in total. And we'll set up a feed over there with none of these promos, so you won't have to hear this ever again. You'll also get access to our Discord, uh, which honestly has turned into a, a nice and funny place full of mostly normal people to hang out with. So that's patreon.com slash buntavista. Check it out. Oh, chiropracting, a real pseudoscience. Ben, what's going on in the world of science? Is there perhaps... <laughs> Would you like to do a little bit of talking while I remember that I meant to do the theme for this? Uh, well, don't worry, I found it. You shall see hail fall from a clear sky and burn as fire upon the ground. You shall see darkness cover Egypt when the sun climbs high to noon. And you shall know that God is God. And bow down to his will. What's that segment, Ben? That is, of course, the theme for Omen's importance. Um, I was really hoping you were going to read this story because there's a bunch of names in there that look really hard to pronounce, but uh, it looks like it's going to be me. Well, sucks to be you, pal. This is a press release from Tel Aviv University. A robot able to hear through the ear of a locust. No. Mm, I don't like that at all. (laughs) No. Couldn't have chosen a more biblical animal to do this Mm. with. Uh, Researchers at Tel Aviv University report they have successfully connected the ear of a dead locust to a robot that receives the ear's electrical signals and responds accordingly. The result is extraordinary. When the researchers clap once, the locust's ear hears the sound and the robot moves forward. When the researchers clap twice, the robot moves backwards. They wired a clapper to a robot through the ear of a dead locust. We already have clappers. <laughs> you don't need to fucking involve a locust ear in the... Maybe this is what we need to bring the clapper back. I feel like the clapper it's went a... out of fashion. Kids these mm. days probably don't even know about the clapper. They probably don't. Are they just using this as like a little bit of like material that vibrates when... Like, are they just using it like a, a like a normal microphone? I mean, it is sounds it? like let's yes, yeah, more or less. Uh, but we ha- we have microphones. Yeah, but they're not I've made of locust it. parts. All right. Also, the, the like the clapper part seems unnecessary. You could have just made like you could have a just thing that beeps. Plugged that into Audacity and been like, oh, there we go. It's recorded the clap. But instead, they had to move a robot with it. Very strange. It's. I think it's solely so that you can say, uh, check out this spooky robot. I yeah, made we made it. Locust, yeah. locust corpse parts. I made a Frankenstein, basically. I made an insect Frankenstein. Uh, the interdisciplinary study was led by Idan Fischel, a joint master student under the joint supervision of Dr. Ben M. M- uh, 
no, there's so many names in here. <laughs> oh, good lord, this paragraph is a nightmare. We we can wait. No, that's we fine. can wait. We're just going to move past this one. Yeah, no, that's who yeah, we No, mean. it's literally it's a whole paragraph. <laughs> just of them. It just keeps going. Uh, the researchers explained that at the beginning of the study, they sought to examine how the advantages of biological systems could be integrated into technological systems and how the sensors of dead locust could be used as sensors for a robot. Now, they're using uh, this is sensors and sensors. So, the sensors of a dead locust for the sensors of a robot. But we have a normal accent where those words sound the same. Sensors and sensors. Sensors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sensors. Perfect. <laughs> I hope I don't get censored for talking about the censors of the censors. Yep, that sounds great. Uh, We chose the sense of hearing because it can be easily compared to existing technologies. In in contrast to the sense of smell, for example, where the challenge is much greater, says, I'm going to call him Dr. Ben. Our task was to replace (laughs) the robot's electronic microphone with a dead insect's ear, using the ear's ability to detect the electrical signals from the environment, in this case vibrations in the air, and using a special chip to convert the insect input to that of the robot. Uh, an insect to electricity yeah, chip. a special chip, which I'm special sure chip. is just like a Raspberry Pi that they've got <laughs> hooked up to. <laughs> At least just call this a locust Frankenstein. Like, let's get to it. Let's not dance around it. Cyborg locust. locust. Mm. Cyborg dope. locust. <laughs> Uh, To carry out this unique and unconventional task, the interdisciplinary team faced a number of challenges. In the first stage, the researchers built a robot capable of responding to signals it receives from the environment. Then, in a multidisciplinary collaboration, is that how is that different from interdisciplinary? I feel like inter is maybe just two disciplines. Multi might be many disciplines. That sounds true. Perhaps. uh, interdisciplinary is relating to more than one branch of knowledge. And multidisciplinary. Anyway, <laughs> so the interdisciplinary team in a multidisciplinary collaboration uh, were able to isolate and characterize the dead locust ear and keep it alive. That is functional long enough to successfully connect it to the robot. In the final stage, the researchers succeeded in finding a way uh, to pick up the signals received by the locust ear in a way that could be used by the robot at the end of the process. At the end of the process, the robot was able to hear the sounds and respond accordingly. Professor Ayali's laboratory has extensive experience working with locusts, and they have developed the skills to isolate and characterize the ear, explains Dr. Ben. So, yep. It's right mm-hmm. there on the side. Did they go, okay, well, we need, we need to make a robot here, and we're mostly just big locust guys here. <laughs> it seems like it. What have you guys got on hand? What have we got here? We got locusts. Hey, these fucking got locusts. locusts. Uh, Professor Yeovil's laboratory built the robot and developed code that enables the robot to respond to electrical auditory signals. A clapper. You invented the clapper. Uh, and my- does so- if you're going to keep referring to it, does someone want to explain to any young people what the clapper is? Oh, so is? imagine if your light switch uh, was powered by you clapping. That's the clapper. Imagine, so you don't have to get out of it. Imagine if your light switch was hooked up to a locust's <laughs> ear. <laughs> now we're talking. And you're hearing through a locust. My laboratory has developed a special device, ear on a chip. Now that is ear hyphen on hyphen a hyphen chip. Ear on a chip. <laughs> that is the name of the device that they have invented. This guy's a terrible <laughs> this name. This is so bad. Also, that's 100% like a bad British Call- food. I'm some ear on a chip. Ear on a chip. <laughs> Just call it cyber ear and be done with it, you know? Uh, 
Ear on a chip okay. allows the ear to be kept alive throughout the experiment by supplying oxygen and food to the organ while allowing the electrical signals to be taken out of the locust's ear and amplified and transmitted to the robot. So it's a living locust ear that's like, it's a brain in a jar situation, but it's an ear on a chip. Yeah, but they have to like tip some fish food in there every day. <laughs> yep. In general. And on weekends, they all die. <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot to feed my locust ears. <laughs> You go away for a long weekend, don't, come back. I don't like that. <laughs> there's a, there's a uh, one of those little, uh, what, are, what are the things you type into and then you print out and it's got the little text. Label. Wait, a label maker? <laughs> <laughs> label maker. <laughs> My brain's not good. All right. I got one of those little label maker stickers under the light switch. Have you fed the locust ears? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> It's like one of those passive-aggressive like office notes where it's been like highlighted, like quadruple underlined. Somebody, look, we're all adults. We all have to share the locust ears. Make sure you feed them. Your mum's not here to feed your <laughs> yeah, locust yeah. ears. <laughs> your mother doesn't work here. Feed your own <laughs> locust ear. In general, biological systems have a huge advantage over technological systems, both in terms of sensitivity and in terms of energy consumption. This initiative of Tel Aviv University researchers opens the door to sensory integrations between robots and insects. Dope. Uh, and may make much more cumbersome and expensive developments in the field of robotics redundant. This is good. This is a technology path I want to go down, uh, is combining robots and insects. I feel like insects are the last kind of animal that I want to mix with a robot. Sharks. Uh, Jellyfish. I Octopuses. Mean- like, They're going to get electrocuted down there. That's fine. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We're safe. <laughs> safe. We're safe from them. Robot locusts. Sounds horrifying. Like, we can already see what happened when they tried to make a robot version of a dog. Well, they strapped a mm. gun to it, and, it's and just, now it's patrolling the streets. It's just this horrible <laughs> little fucking thing. No, I'm talking about the like the Boston Dynamics You're not big talking dog. about the competitor to the Furby, the toy Poochie. I was thinking about Poochie. Not, not presently. <laughs> I'm not currently talking about Poochie. So that's the most prominent At this point in time. dog I can think of. Uh, if you're under what, the age Poochie? of 20, uh, Google Poochie. Check that shit out. It fucking sucks <laughs> so bad. I wanted one so bad. I'm so glad my mum never got me one. That's my sister shit. had one. Uh, it was fucking awful. It didn't do anything. It wasn't a real robot at all. It's not. It does nothing. Useless. For for the record, if you are going to Google this, it is spelled P O O hyphen C H I. Is that true? Oh, Poochie. <laughs> yeah. Poochie. <laughs> Poo is in like the energy. Poochie is in life force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit force. <laughs> Why did they spell that it that an way? Absolute Wait, dog hang on. Poo hyphen chi or P O O C H I or. P-O-O-C-H-I-E. One of the first generations of Robopet toys. And one of the last as well. Mm. There was that kind of gave up on that. That weird uh, they couldn't gorilla make it one. A thing. Had the big forearms like Hellboy. Oh. I don't Anyone know about that one. That? Mm. No. Yeah. I don't like any of these things. It should be understood that biological systems expend negligible energy compared to electronic systems. They are miniature and therefore also extremely economical and efficient. For the sake of comparison... A laptop consumes about 100 watts per hour, while the human brain consumes about 20 watts a day. About five in my case, I reckon. Mm. And also, now he's fucked up. He's fucked up right here. Uh, he's a crank. 
You want to doesn't know what he's talking about. Want to go into detail there, Theo? One hundred percent. Watts is an instantaneous measure of power. You don't consume one hundred watts per hour or twenty watts per any time period. It's just one hundred watts, twenty watts. So, and and I, I mean, if you look at your laptop charger, it's a hundred watts. Um, I looked it up. The brain does consume twenty watts, but that's not per day. That's just it's just twenty watts. Mm-hmm. So this man who is running a lab for uh, sensors like ro- robot sensors and that sort of thing does not know what a watt is, the basic measure of power, which is uh, joules per second. I don't. I so, don't think this guy's a scientist at all. I think this is. This a, I is, think he's making this shit up. Just a locust. <laughs> just a locust guy. Stick to your lane, here. Man. Can you sew this? Can you sew this onto a robot for me, real quick? <laughs> oh, All right. All right. Maybe he's, well, I get my. He might go, I get my thesis out of it. Yeah, he might be sure. the locust I mean, guy, is... not the robot guy. Yeah. Anytime that you read this shit, by the way, it's either a to complete someone's thesis. Either so, this is for a master's student, so a joint master's student under the joint supervision of some guys, right? So it's a master's thesis, or they're trying to get funding for to continue. Sewing locust ears on on something like the reason they had to put it on a robot is because people don't don't want to see an LED light up. I mean, the thing of coding a robot to go backwards and forwards is a lazy afternoons amount of work. The, the ear thing probably probably more work than it's uh, than it's worth to start say, with. But the locust ear is very small. It's very finding small. that thing that'll take you ages. <sighs> This is, yeah, anyway, it, we have to keep doing this so, like, people can complete their education and stuff. This is why this, you have to just accept that when you get to the, close to the end of your education, they make you do a, a fucking thing, and you've got to make up a thing to do, and you go, and then occasionally, someone goes, oh, that's cool, and they put it in the university paper with a thing that makes it clear that nobody knows what they're talking about, so that's very cool. Education rules. <laughs> Love academia. It's even uh, cooler that in Australian universities now, uh, the government is like, we will only fund research if it will make a specific amount yeah. of money. Yeah. Or a bomb. That's the, that's the only reason. Yeah, if you can use it to terrorize a Middle Eastern country or we can hock it overseas, then we're on board. So, if we put this locust ear on the outside of the <laughs> rocket and attune it to the uh, particular frequency that the hospital machines beep at in uh, in Yemen, oh no, we might get some funding. That's for exactly that. what this thing is. It hears the beep, beep and then it steps forward using the body that it's in. Oh, God, get the bomb closer to hospitals. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> what have we created? What have you done? <laughs> It'll take like weeks to get there, but slowly and surely it will arrive eventually. Yeah, you know how in the Manhattan Project or whatever, you know, they had these these big things that are like made to scientific processes to make bombs and they would just set aside hectares in the desert of like these huge... Uh, huge warehouses, you know, doing whatever they need, refining nuclear material, doing whatever. Except there's somewhere in Israel where now suddenly the Israeli government is building gigantic warehouses full of locusts so they can harvest the ears and put them on little bombs. 
<laughs> and like and the Americans are paying them four billion dollars to. We do should this. stop doing science. I think we've we've done enough. We've done enough. We've worked out. We've gotten down to quarks, uh, and that's about all we need to know. Okay, what about if you halve one of those? You can't. Okay, well, what if you do? It's too small. Yep. What if you could? That, we've got not got a knife small enough yet. <laughs> yeah, everything everything scientific turned out pretty bad. Like we figured out how to fly mm. and go to other places, and uh, pre- it just kind of just, yeah, just yeah, predominantly we worked we out to ways to put CO two into the into the air. That's that's it. We we made industry chuck some carbon dioxide up in that bad boy. Made some cars. Oh, you better believe that's some CO two, baby. Uh, we made some <laughs> some planes, which are which are fun. They're cool. Oh, we all love planes. Uh, and now we're putting art on the blockchain. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I fucking. And s- I tried to read and one so article about this shit. And so now to buy a fucking and, uh, a Kings of Leon album, you have to idle a semi-trailer in the desert for f- four days. I didn't even try for some understanding fucking that. reason. <laughs> I saw the article and I was like, nah. And and all the Bitcoin freaks are like, oh, dude, this will make uh, energy more efficient. When is that happening? When is that going to happen? I did I did see that exact Fuck conversation you. play out. Let me <laughs> let me start off by saying, I want my tokens fungible. Mm. Hey, hey, right? Can you fungible that token for me? Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Clearly non fungible. Like, I don't. Tapping Damn a sign. It. I guess I don't really actually want to understand this, and I don't want to explain it to me in, in any way. But like mm-hmm. the idea of these and here I go NFT artworks is that uh, you it's yours. You get it, and then yeah, it's yours. But, but everybody else is a new fucking concept. Yeah, no, but now it's on the blockchain, and that's the- Theo. Can I ask sure, a question? Please. The the answer is going to upset me. Um, so have you seen the? the fuck is it called the nba oh, shots where there's thing? like a uh, oh yeah and i don't know a lot about it but go on it's if uh, it's on the blockchain i can tell you it's very dumb and it involves um it involves like all right, all right. yeah all right what are, what are we talking so, about so so i've 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 seen people posting like videos of themselves opening these things called uh top shot made by nba right and basically it's a thing where you open it on your phone and it's like a like a you know a collector's card kind of thing but it's digital and on the blockchain and stupid and you pay money yeah. for it and then like once you paid money for it you open it up on your phone and it's like check out this six second clip of someone in the nba doing a dunk that you can just watch on yeah, youtube but it's yours you bought it so um so i'm looking at the website here and it says own the best moments from nba history NBA fans from around the world collecting top shop moments with over $200 million plus in US dollar sales across rookies, vets, and rising star yeah. players. Just absolutely absurd. So, they've the, basically, the NBA has done this thing where they have said, oh, we're going to do like fucking blockchained collectible snippets of dunks and stuff. And then you own that thing. I guess, like... I'm in, I have the same issue uh, as you here, Ben, clearly, which is the idea of we have made a digital asset that is unique so that you can express some form of ownership over something that is like... Needlessly unique ownership as well, which is yeah. weird. Like, you wouldn't lose anything if someone else could look at the piece of art that you had. 
you know? But you you own It's not that. like you've got a Rembrandt in your house and then uh, someone is like, hey, I want to look at this as well. And they take it out of your house and put it in their house for a while. Like, you could have a piece of art. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand any of this. I think it's well it's 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 not even like having an original painting and then other people have prints of the painting which doesn't take away anything from your physical ownership of a painting. In this case though, other people can have digital copies of the thing that you have that also isn't physical. <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. And let's just be clear, um, the important and intractable part of this entire process is the idling of the semi-trailers. Yes. Right? So, we need to do that. We need to make a room very, very hot to uh, solve some mathematical uh, problems um, for that proof of ownership. It is part and parcel of it. It is the entire process, right? So, at the end, that pops out and says, this was really hard to do, so it proves that that you own this, right? Like, you can't get rid of that part. It's so, real. So, it's literally taking things that already exist that can be just freely thing and going, you know, we can make some money by assigning ownership to different parts, like one per dunk in the NBA's co- uh, case. And we do this by, um, by providing, they call it proof of work, which is, again... They have to come up with some um, some answer to a to a um, mathematical problem, which is uh, technically it's hashing a SHA two fifty six thing. But basically, it's just running maths until they come up with a an answer that's better than the last one, and that takes a huge amount of uh, energy. Which again, we're just fucking firing off in the into the sky uh, at the most sensitive part in history. In human history, I'd say, for, you know, environmental concerns. And so that at the end, the NBA can sell this to make a little bit of money um, and and give proof of ownership over something that is already freely tradable. Uh, so we are, we are converting the environment directly into money for people that already have billions of dollars. That is that is what the that is what the blockchain exists. We have for. actually found a way of doing this that doesn't involve the sort of very uh, emissions-heavy computational process, and that is you have to wade into coastal waters and choke a leatherback turtle with your bare hands. <laughs> and if you just show a photo uh, that you have killed that turtle, yeah, that's right. Then you get a one one hmm. leatherback turtle, one NBA dunk. The old-fashioned way. <laughs> the old fa- this is what we used to do. We need to get back to the old ways. <laughs> I, I saw I saw this exact conversation that you're describing play out in real time the other day, Theo, which was somebody talking about, uh, hey, everybody, as of this date, you know, whatever the yeah. fuck the number was, $1.5 trillion have been, um, has been, like, generated and spent without the use of banks through Bitcoin. And all these people were like, without banks, huh? How did you do anything with the money at the end. <laughs> and, uh, well, it's an artifact. We're in a transitionary period from, um, I guess, all of human history up until now uh, into the Bitcoin era. And there's just... The banks are just there until we sort this whole Bitcoin thing out. And, um, and yeah, and, you know, as usual, people post the studies that show the amount of emissions that are generated 
by doing this stuff. And it's like, yeah, in order to generate this much money, you have to use the same amount of emissions that all of Spain uses in a year. And it's absolutely absurd. And then somebody weighs in with what you were talking about. Yeah, but they've actually... Ethereum is working on ways to make the generation of yeah, their stuff Yeah, again, more... it doesn't put the CO2 back in the, back in the ground. Um, and also, we already have payment processes that don't use an absolute shit ton of energy. And the concept that we're going to get more efficient energy generation from Bitcoin and Ethereum as opposed to, um, you know... Sp- not, not having well, to, to use energy generation the, to yeah, make that, that too, $5. Exactly, like the, best, the most efficient energy is the ones that we don't generate. But also, like, that shit like smelting aluminium isn't already putting a massive, like, downwards pressure on electricity prices. Like, the fact that electricity prices are incredibly political already. Like, there is already more downward pressure on electricity prices than just about any other good in the entire world right like how we don't fucking talk about like the price of milk anymore right we've accepted that that's two dollars wherever you are it's two bucks for for milk that's it right but like every fucking day we've got to talk about the price of power like so what do they expect that bitcoin is doing to make power more efficient that than like all of the rest of the other shit is not already doing. It's nothing. They're just they Bitcoin is for nerds that are dumb. I agree. Well well the <laughs> Yeah. But like the other issue with the the making it more efficient from what it currently is, which is hugely inefficient. Like monstrously inefficient. By design. Um is is that that also kind of presupposes the idea that by like making it more efficient will be part of the process of having a massive uptake in everyone else in the world using yeah, that as their way yeah, of, we've of generating made it, money. We've made it twice as efficient, which you won't, uh, and now twice as many people are, are using it, which arrives us back in exactly the same spot. It's fucked. We yeah. should finish this story. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I got mad. A, got like four sentences. You got here. a. Uh, <laughs> Wrap it up then. Wrap Nature is up. much more advanced than we are, so we should use it. The principle we have demonstrated can be used and applied to other senses, such as smell, sight, and touch. Yeah, they could smell a hospital. So we're, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we're envisioning locust nose, locust eyes, and grabby little locust hands. Yeah, maybe mount all that on a locust body. <laughs> oh, a locust body. Put that back all together in one package. Uh, for example, some animals have amazing abilities to detect explosives or drugs. The creation of a robot with a biological nose could help us preserve human life and identify, crimi- identify criminals <laughs> in a way that is not possible today. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yep. There it is. And we know who they're talking yep. about there. No, the entire criminal race that we keep in our backyard for reasons that we will not be led <laughs> on or criticized That's for. Right. <laughs> uh, some animals know they how to detect just, diseases. Mm. Others can sense earthquakes. Others can smell Palestinian. No, it doesn't say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the sky oh. is the limit. Just leave it alone. Leave, it, leave, it alone. leave nature alone. Take please. your white coat off, fold it neatly, mm-hmm. walk out of the office, and go become a fitter and turner. Yep. <laughs> That's what's up. That's the policy of this. That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> Wander you into the me. forest and commune with it by becoming a fitter and turner. <laughs> that thing that you can totally do while living so in the forest. I feel so at peace with these trees. <laughs> <laughs>
just me, the trees, my big old smelter. <laughs> dong dong. <laughs> Me, the trees, and this series of pipes that I'm aimlessly <laughs> connecting together and extending. <laughs> wrapping it around through all the trees. It's a beautiful image. And that is where we're going to leave it for the week. Uh, sorry for talking to Theo yep. about the blockchain. <laughs> Theo, thank you for being Give another Everyone's six months and asking me again. <laughs> yep. You understand things. We have other stuff going on. <laughs> yep. You understand things. We can't say names. We can't do names good. Oh, I can't do names good. All words good either. Andrew likes to talk okay. about movies, and I will not take any shred of criticism about my own habits. So let's wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mama Mia. That's a spicy meatball. See you next week, everybody. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>